You're listening to a podcast by Lance Lambert Ministries. For more information on this ministry, visit lancelambert.org. In this episode, Lance reads from Luke 2 about how Jesus, the light which was given to the Jews, has become a light to the Gentiles. Let's listen. We read together in Luke's Gospel and chapter 2. Luke's Gospel and chapter 2. And we will read from verse 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed unto him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, And when the parents brought in the child Jesus, that they might do concerning him after the custom of the law, then he received him into his arms and blessed God and said, Now lettest thou thy servant depart, Lord, according to thy word in peace. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And his father and his mother were marveling at the things which were spoken concerning him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which is spoken against. Yea, and a sword shall pierce through thine own soul, that the thoughts out of many hearts may be revealed. Shall we just bow in one word of prayer? Dear Lord, we want to recognize before thee our total inability to really minister thy word or to hear thy word truly. We need thee, Lord, and we thank thee for that anointing which is ours in the Lord Jesus, both for speaking and for hearing. And, O Lord, we pray that thou wilt take this thought which thou hast given and make it a blessing to every one of us, for we ask it in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. There's just this little phrase that has been in my heart for many, many days now. It has been really in my heart uh, for months. But, of course, it is particularly applicable to this time. And it is in Luke chapter 2 and verse 32, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. I can't think of anything really more comprehensive 
than that which the Spirit of God gave to Simeon concerning the Lord Jesus Christ than this wonderful sentence. He, after all, took a babe into his arms that to look at was no different to any other child that had come into the temple and was about to have the blessing. There was nothing unusual about the child in one sense, outwardly. Nothing that would have somehow other uh, given uh, the clue to his identity or to the miracle that had taken place in his very young mother. And it seems to me so amazing the way the Spirit of God was upon this godly old man, Simeon, and the way that it was revealed to him. I, I have heard in my life, my short life, many people tell me things God has revealed to them, but in many cases they have been proved wrong, for death has come before ever that thing has been done. But I have known one or two other people upon whom the Spirit of God has really been and to whom it has been revealed certain things which have come to pass precisely as the Lord said. Simeon was one of them. And this little phrase, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel, covers the whole of history and indeed is the explanation of the Bible, a light to lighten the Gentiles. There is not a single person in this room who has been brought to a knowledge of the salvation of God apart from the Lord Jesus. If there had been no Messiah, if there had been no birth of the Lord Jesus, then this whole matter of salvation would have remained within, strictly within the confines of the Jewish people. For you must never forget that Jesus himself said, salvation is of the Jews. It would have remained confined within those boundaries and within those walls. But it was the purpose of God that that salvation should go to the ends of the earth. And the means by which that salvation of God should go to the ends of the earth was uniquely through our Lord Jesus, a light to lighten the Gentile. If you could transport yourself back millennia, then you would understand that there was very little understanding of God in the world. There was Greek mythology and Roman gods, Greek gods. There were all the other fertility cults of the Middle East. There were many other gods worshipped in farther parts of the earth and spirit worship for the most part in even these islands and elsewhere. A mixture of black magic and spiritism 
not to be laughed at, but in many cases a reality, expressing the powers of darkness. But in one little spot in the earth, there was light, and that little spot was Israel. And for thousands of years, that light was kept by the Spirit of God within that people. To them were given the covenants. Through them came the oracles of God. To us was given the word of God through their custodianship. With all their failings, with all their faults, with all their shortcomings, with all the disgrace that came to the name of the Lord, we still must remember that at the end of 2,000 years, there was light in that part of the world. There were people like John the Baptist. There were people like Simeon. There were people like Anna. There were people like Joseph. There were people like Mary. There were people like John and Elizabeth. They represent a band of godly, faithful people who knew the Lord and understood the things of God because to them had been given light and they knew something of a salvation which pointed forward to the coming of the Messiah. Now through the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus, through his death and burial and resurrection, through his ascension, through the coming of the Holy Spirit upon the 120 in the upper room, that gospel has gone to the ends of the earth. And when I think of that phrase, a light to lighten the Gentiles, oh, the joy that there must be in heaven, at least on this point, that from every tongue and kindred and people and nation, the redeemed of the Lord have been brought out. It is amazing to think of it. In densest jungle, in parts of the desert, high up in the Himalayas, in the Chinese mainland, wherever you go all over the earth, there have been people who have been redeemed by the grace of God because of the Lord Jesus, a light to lighten the Gentiles. What a wonderful day it will be when we're all finally together and when we really do see the extent of our Lord's sacrifice, the power of that finished work. I remember years and years ago when I used in my youthful zeal to go preaching in a village called Nefisha in Egypt and another village called Tel Kabir. Um, I used to go alone preaching there. There was one man there I shall never forget him. He was the carpenter of that godless, wicked village. I had no idea um, of the danger involved in going in and out, and I had permission from the air vice marshal to go because I was going to be a missionary, and so he thought, well, such stupid people will get probably murdered anyway, so let him get murdered. But soldiers or airmen were not allowed to go into those parts without 
permission. And I only found out later that two soldiers had been murdered for their boots a month or two before I wandered up and down in my sort of completely naive way um, without any knowledge that such things had happened. But I remember this man. He could neither read nor write, but he was one of the great benedictions of my stay in Egypt. He was full of the Lord. He knew the wickedness of that village, and when before the meeting in the evening I used to go and pray near a ruin, his little son used to go and sit on a rock and watch me, and I used to think, what faithfulness. Of course, it wasn't. In one way, it was faithfulness, but it wasn't that the little boy wanted to watch me. Father sent him to watch me because he knew I might get murdered. In the months that I used to go there once a week and preach, I have never forgotten that man. He could neither read nor write, but he had memorized great portions of the word. And fellowship with him, when the, the other man called Nesim Effendi was present, who could translate and make everything intelligible, was so blessed and sweet, a light to lighten the Gentiles. I remember years ago when Mary Weiss told us the story here of that great six-foot-four-inch uh, man who suddenly came with all feathers and wore paint and a bone through his nose uh, and said to her, Mama Bullets, for that was her name, um, uh, I want to become a Christian. And she knew that this man was a cannibal. And, uh, and a very wicked, a witch doctor. And she thought, what wickedness is he up to? Watch it, Mary. So she began to give him all the questions. And she thought, now I'll find him up. But he answered yes to, and no, all in the right places. So then she thought, oh dear. So she thought, well, now I'll get him on his knees. He won't like that. So I, she said, right, we kneel. If you want to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, well, before I kneel, I want to tell you something. Mama Bullet. I cannot count the people I've eaten. <laughs> so she said she didn't dare look at him in the eyes. <laughs> she just said, we'll pray. And the two of them got down and prayed and that man found the Lord. Now, those of you who were present at that memorable meeting will remember that the next night we were showing slides and there was a slide of an enormous meeting with 15,000 uh, Congolese present from different tribes in a, in a Congo Keswick and there was one man who stood out of that with the most radiant face and I remember saying to her who is that? She said that is the old witch doctor that man had been transformed so that a stranger like myself looking at him said, well I can tell he's a believer he has an inner radiance he has a light a light to lighten the Gentiles There will be not thousands, but I would think hundreds of thousands of such stories to be told in the glory when finally we're all gathered in. Of people from every clime, every quarter of this earth who've been saved by the grace of God and it is all because of the birth of the Messiah. A light to lighten the Gentiles. Not only today, 
but all through the 2,000 years since his coming. Of course, I don't want to suggest or gloss over for one moment that we as the people of God are fulfilling our commission today, for there are still hundreds, thousands of untouched tribes yet to be reached with that gospel that it may be preached as a testimony in all nations before the end comes. But the fact is this, that the words of that godly Simeon come down to us over the centuries of time, a light to lighten the Gentiles. And then he said, and the glory of thy people Israel. Israel may not know that the Lord Jesus today may not know that the Lord Jesus is their supreme glory. But one day when the veil is taken away, it will be seen by every Israeli that the Lord Jesus is the Messiah and that he is the supreme glory of Israel. Certainly for all the patriarchs and the prophets and all those faithful ones under the old covenant, he is their glory, for they worship him with full hearts this very moment as I speak. He is their glory. Every time the high priest took on that day of atonement those two goats, and one, as they put their hand on it, was slain in the sight of the whole congregation. And the other goat was taken out from Jerusalem and let free into the wilderness of Judea. They were looking forward to the coming of the Messiah, whose work alone could save them. Their glory was not in the goats, one that was slain and one that was set free. They saw their sin die in front of their eyes, slain with a blow. And then they saw their sin vanish into oblivion, cancelled out as it went over the horizon. Do you think that they, those who were really godly people thought that the goats did it? They knew it was the grace of God that did it. And that those animals were but an illustration of something that was one day to happen. Every time a believing family under the old covenant sat down with a Passover lamb, they did not believe that the actual lamb worked the miracle of the exodus and the deliverance from Egypt. They knew that it was the grace of God that that lamb typified and illustrated and every believing family, for them, the glory of Israel was the Messiah. And every time someone came into the temple courts and brought, if he was a rich uh, aristocrat, uh, an ox or a bullock, or if he was uh, a sort of middle class, a ram, or if he was one of the countless poor, two turtle doves, and saw those creatures slain. He knew that it was not the blood of bulls or goats or of a ram 
or of turtledom that would say their glory was the coming Messiah. But there is another way in which we can also consider this matter of the, the, G, the Lord Jesus is the glory of Israel, and it is from this angle that it says in Luke and chapter 1, and we've had it quoted uh, this morning already, in verse 32, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. The glory of Israel. When Jesus was born, the throne of David was vacant. There was no occupant of the throne of David. Jesus, it was said of him, he shall be great, and he shall sit, as, uh, the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. The glory of Israel is that Jesus has come, for there are many, many promises. A king shall reign in righteousness. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. God has made so many promises of this king, and Jesus is that king, and there will come a day when it will be revealed, and then finally peace will come to this world. The glory of thy people, Israel. Deep within the Jewish heart, there has been an, an aspiration, a hope, that all the suffering of the Jewish people in the last 2,000 years will finally turn to worldwide universal blessing. It will. For they had to fall that salvation might come to the Gentiles. And if the casting away of them was the salvation of the Gentiles, as the word of God says, what will the receiving of them be but life from the dead? What a prospect then is in front of us. For dear child of God, Simeon lived at the end of an era. And as far as I can see, you and I are living at the end. Of an era. By the Spirit of God, Simeon said something that was to characterize the whole of this era in which this uh, age in which you and I are found. A light to lighten the Gentiles from the day of Pentecost. That light began to shine upon Gentiles and it shone more and more and more and more until it seems as if the thing is a Gentile thing. So thoroughly has this work been done that it's gone to the ends of the earth. And multitudes and multitudes and multitudes by the grace of God have become partakers of the commonwealth of Israel. Fellow members, fellow heirs with the saints, introduced to the covenant people of God. 
Dear child of God, we are at the end of this age and we are seeing that the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. It will not be, I think, so very long before we begin to see that last final movement of the Spirit of God taking away the veil from the Jewish heart and the final regathering into the Israel of God of the Jewish people. Then those words of the godly old Jew Simeon will have been fulfilled, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people, Israel. Shall we pray? Dear Lord, oh, how we thank thee for any person who is devout and righteous and the Holy Spirit is upon them evidently. Lord, we thank Thee and we praise Thee for these words of Thy servant Simeon, that our Lord Jesus Christ is that salvation which Thou hast prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of Thy people. Israel. Lord, give us understanding. Give us hearts that are sensitive to thyself. Make us also, Lord, in these days of wickedness and breakdown and evil, iniquity on all sides, to be a people who are devout and righteous and upon whom the Holy Spirit is found evidently. And may we be, Lord, those who, like Simeon, have an insight into what thou art seeking to do in the last phase of this age. O oh Lord, we thank thee that of the Lord Jesus it was said, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. O oh God, thou knowest alone how this world needs righteousness how it needs leadership, how it needs, Lord, true, true authority. Oh, Father, we thank Thee there's coming a day when our Lord Jesus shall return. And then, Lord, oh, what joy it will be for all of us who have been redeemed to see at long last that glory of Thine covering the the, the face of the earth as the waters cover the sea. Receive our thanksgiving and our praise, Lord, and grant, we pray, that every one of us may walk before thee in these days. We ask it in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. May you know the transforming light of Jesus Christ. May you know the deep, deep love of Jesus. Watch it.